0: So it is Palm Sunday, as we have already said, and uh, Palm Sunday is characterized by celebration. This would be a good time for you to say "woohoo" in your house, even if you're by yourself. A good "woohoo" wouldn't hurt. Uh, This uh, is—it's characterized by celebration in the scriptures. Uh, It's you—you no matter what gospel you're reading, whatever gospel portion. Uh, it's characterized by celebration, by people waving their branches and, and uh, laying down their, their garments on a road and on, 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 uh, on donkeys. And, and they're shouting this central word, Hosanna. It's the word that we have included in our worship uh, presentation this morning, the song that Lord and I are playing as we are coming on. Uh, Hosanna. If I were in a room with people right now, I'd say, everybody say Hosanna. So I, let me see if my kids will say Hosanna. I'll hear them in a the delay in just a minute okay uh but it, Hosanna comes from Psalm 118 and primarily verses 24 through 26 so the, the 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 processional that we remember that we see in our minds Jesus coming in and the crowds there they're actually quoting a scripture or they're referring to it's a synecdoche. they they're they're referring to a scriptural passage in Psalm 118 beginning verses 24 through 26 here's what it Here's here's <laughs> that was that was quite the delay, you know. Uh, here's here's what they said. the 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 scripture is this: The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. Now if that sounds familiar to some of you, that's actually what you have sang some of you your whole life. This is the day that the Lord has made. this is the day this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. that is you know we should sing that today. Uh, that's a Hosanna song that's a that's a Palm Sunday song. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice in this day. why? Why are we so glad because because then the next statement is Lord save us, Lord grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, meaning representing him and, and here to accomplish his purposes. We bless that one. And, and then it says, from the house of the Lord, we bless you. Meaning, here's the house of the Lord. We are shouting back. We are exclaiming back. We bless you in the name of the Lord. That's what the crowds were saying when they were saying Hosanna. They were literally saying, as Jesus is coming, the crowds are shouting, save now, bless! Now you need to you need to get the idea that when you come into the the the, the triumphal entrance of Christ, that the, the the that the whole valley there, as the as they are coming into Jerusalem, Jerusalem is up high, but they come down to come back up. That whole area is white hot with expectation. There is a triumphant expectation that something amazing is about to happen. So they shouted with anticipation. They shout with hope. They were praising Jesus. They were calling. Jesus, the one who who came in the name of the Lord. They were praising Jesus. They were praising Jesus as the one who came to save them and to bless them. They shouted an ardent praise-filled hope for help. They cried out and Jesus came and he saved them and he saved all of us. And today, Palm Sunday, here's what you need to hear. His saving power has never ceased. To everyone with a hosanna, let me say this this morning, Jesus saves. Now, let's open your Bibles and see just how this passage affirms our hope today. Let's look at Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. If you'd like to read along with me, open your Bibles and take a gander at it and see how it sounds, okay? Okay. And you can just keep your Bibles open as, a, as an outline. Really, we're going to just follow these 11 verses as an outline this morning. So if you've got your Bible, open it up. And I'm reading from the New International Version. So here it is, verse, uh, chapter 21, verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken to the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you. Gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them and for Jesus to sit on. Now, some of your Bibles might say, and Jesus sat on them. Some nut jobs actually think that Matthew was trying to suggest that Jesus was riding the donkey and the colt. That he was doing some sort of a Chuck Norris horse ride thing. But that wasn't happening. Okay? He was not riding on the them there is the cloaks not the donkeys. He was riding on the full, on the, on the colt, the small donkey. That's really important. He's riding on the small donkey. Maba donkey's with him. We'll come back to that in just a minute. Okay. Verse eight, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted. Now that's important. We'll come back to that. I think we'll get excited, but listen to this. The crowds that went ahead of them, and those that followed. So you have to hear there's a crowd before and behind Jesus. There are two crowds at work here, and they're both shouting. (laughs) You've got to feel the white-hot enthusiasm of this day. Both of these crowds are shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Now, Matthew is not just a court reporter. He's not just journaling. He's not just reporting things. He wants his audience... He wants his audience to to, to hear these specific phrases. He wants his audience to hear just how important, how powerful these things are. They're important for that moment. They're important for the message of Christ. And they are important for every reader. Remember, when we read these stories, we have to respond with shock and awe in the moment if we're going to derive the meaning. And so let you, let's, let's you and I uh, be, be overwhelmed by the wonder of this moment so that it can continue to speak life and hope to us in our moment. Mm. If you were live and you were in the room, you should have shot me down right there. Okay. Uh, that's enough for now. We'll come back when we actually when we actually get through uh, to this passage in the in the the book of Matthew, which will be a bit. Uh, we'll talk about the fact that when he got to town, they said, "Who is this guy?" And they said, "Well, he's the prophet Jesus, the he's Jesus of Nazareth. He's a prophet from that." So anyway, we'll talk about the fact that they called him the prophet and how important that was, and they weren't, they didn't, that wasn't a mistake. That was also a massive statement about Jesus' identity. Put a pin in that and save it for next time. So. So what in the deal? So what's the deal? So the, the bottom line is this. Hosanna means Jesus saves. So look at look again at verses 1 through 3. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, not a while, Jesus sends two disciples. He says to them, go, get, go to the village. You'll find donkeys there. Un, get, get, look here. You'll find a donkey with her colt. Untie them both. Bring them to me. If anybody says anything, tell them the Lord needs it. Now, as, as humorous as that might sound, and it, it, it could be, imagine if I was just, you know, rolling by your house and, and getting into your car, and you said, hey, Dab, what's the deal? Why are you trying to take my Honda? And I said, I don't worry about it. The Lord needs it. You might say, yeah, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. But uh, but uh, this is important. This was, this, was, this was an important thing. First of all, he's getting a colt. And the donkey, the colt would have been a foal that would have never been ridden. It would have never done any hard labor. So, in a sense, it's sacred. See, law, it's sacred and innocent. He's riding a sacred and innocent animal. When kings came into, into cities, if they were riding, a, if they were riding a horse, that was a that was a militant, a conquering, almost a, you could say, almost a violent uh, type of entrance. But if a king enters on a donkey, it's a peaceful entrance. And so he's entering a, not only a donkey but on a colt on A full one that's never been ridden before, and it's and it's and this is this is a, a message. Uh, the colt and the mother would be together. So, why would Matt why does Matthew mention twice? Well, anybody that would have been aware at the time that so you couldn't just take a colt and, and and ride it, it wouldn't go, and the mother wouldn't leave it. So, the the, the 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 presence of the the mama donkey is to give the 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 little donkey the quiet cooperation for jesus to write it that's pretty cool okay all right so then he says if anyone asks tell them the lord needs them so many people <laughs> you can't believe it you know i read about 40 or 50 commentaries and so many of these uh, commentators want to say oh what jesus did was he or ar- he he arranged this ahead of time and gave them a passphrase in, <laughs> in other words it's mission impossible and the code when they say wait when they say why are you taking my donkey the, don- the disciples are supposed to go the Lord needs it. And then they're supposed to wink back three times and go, okay, got it. Like Jesus arranged this ahead of time. Jesus didn't arrange this ahead of time. Jesus, this is, this is a prophetic act. He is sowing prophetic capacity, and he, is, and he is engaging in a prophetic act. Matthew wants his readers to know that this is a very intentional prophetic act by Jesus. He's doing something very special. This is not incidental. Why is this recorded? Why am I spending so much time on it? Because we have... First of all, this is very intentional. This is very specific. We have no record of Jesus ever riding any donkey or horse or camel. He very well may have, but the gospel writers never tell us. Everywhere he goes, if he was going anywhere, he was walking. Okay, So he's walking. So, uh, But he's walking, and and all the way to Jerusalem for, for, for Passover, he has walked so far. But now... Jerusalem is literally right in front of him. He can see the city and he stops and summons a donkey. <laughs> Jesus intends to make an entrance. We're so used to Jesus obscuring himself and laying low, right? But this is not that. Jesus now intends to make an entrance. He wants. He is making a very intentional statement here. And the statement that he is making excited and, and elicited a response of great hope from that crowd. And that statement should also do the same for us today. That we can see what Jesus is communicating and we can be filled with hope and wonder and gratitude right now. Here we go. Verses four through seven. They this took place. Now, here's what Matthew wants us to know. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, that's uh, that, like we're talking to, to the people of Israel, like they're like they're a daughter. See, look, your king comes to you, <laughs> gentle and riding on a donkey. Gentle, you might say, lowly or humble. These are all, they, he comes gentle riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. See, Jesus is, in, he says, go in there and get, go, boys, go in there and get me a colt and a mama. I need both because I'm going to, I'm going to affirm something. I'm about to fulfill something so that, 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 that I said was going to happen a long time ago. So he goes and says, go get them. And so the disciples went in, they find, they find them, they bring the donkey <clears throat> and in 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 Matthew's pattern, he is connecting the life of Jesus to Old Testament expectations of Messiah. Here, the passage in, in reference, although it, there's, it's also hinted in Isaiah sixty-two, those same that same verbiage. But the the the, so it's not just in one spot. It's actually also in Genesis, if you can believe it, Genesis forty-nine. Uh, when when Jacob is prophesying to his son Judah, he says that a ruler is going to come, and that ruler is going to have a donkey and a foal, a colt. Come. On. In other words, what Jesus what Jesus is doing right now, people have been waiting a long time for him to do. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so now Zechariah says this, okay? But in Zechariah 9. So here's the here's what Matthew quotes. Let me read it to you in, in Zechariah 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion, shout daughter daughter jerusalem see your king comes to you righteous and victorious lowly riding on a donkey on a colt a full of a donkey but this remember when when a passage of scripture is is quoted in brief in in small most often the intention is for the hearer and reader to recall the passage in whole, so what? What is quoted in part refers to a greater whole. So what we want to do is say, Ah, there's the portion. So if you and I are good, good Jewish people, we're like, Oh, well, yes, he's quoting the prophet Zechariah. I remember that part. Yes, I do. And here's what we would hear. Here's what we would remember and listen, contemporary audience. When Matthew says, "See, he's coming," here's what he wants you to hear about this king. Are you ready? Uh, verse ten. Look at verse ten of Zechariah. Here's what this. Here's what this king. Is doing. You ready? I will take away the chariots from Ephraim, the war horses from Jerusalem. Uh, Ephraim and Manasseh were also uh, 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 nicknames of the northern and southern kingdoms uh, in 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 of uh, Israel and Judah. Okay, after the separation of the monarchy, so that's why you hear Ephraim. Okay, I will take away the chariots of Ephraim. And I will take away the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle bow will be broken. What's he saying there? That the instruments of war will be removed. They will become not necessary anymore. Chariots, war horses, battle bow, gone. Why? Because he says he will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. He's talking about this king is coming who's bring, who's going to do away with, with violence, who's going to bring peace, and who's going to have uh, an unlimited span of rule. Somebody's coming. As for you, <laughs> listen to this. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, listen to what he calls them, you prisoners of hope. What does it mean to be a prisoner of hope? That means to be shut in, locked into hope that you have wrapped yourself, you have locked yourself in hope, regardless of the circumstances around you, regardless of the rona, you have surrounded yourself with hope. You have locked yourself into hope and anticipation. And he's saying to those who have locked themselves up in hope, he said, return to your fortress. Even now, I announce, I will restore twice as much to you. That is what this king, riding on a donkey, came to do, to take away weapons, to proclaim peace, to have a rule that wouldn't end, that, and this, this would be rooted in a blood covenant. I hope you're shouting. Uh, he's coming to free people from a pit, to return them to a fortress, to a place of safety. And you who have locked yourselves up in hopeful expectation, now it's time I announce I will restore twice as much to you. It sounds like someone who is coming not only to save, but to bless. Not only to rescue, but to restore. Hosanna, save now, bless now. That's what he's doing. This is what Jesus came to do. This is what he did. And this is what he still does. Now, I want you to note What the crowd in Zechariah 9, what is the crowd? What are they supposed to do? What's the prescribed response to this magnificent coming king? How are they supposed to respond? They're supposed to rejoice greatly and they are to shout. The Hebrew word for shout there, uh, your neighbor at home may not appreciate if you do this, that it means to split the ears with sound. It means to make an exceedingly joyful noise. It means to sound an alarm, but not the kind of the alarm that says, watch out! But the kind of alarm that says, get ready! It's a battle cry alarm. They are to rejoice with a joyful sound in anticipation And this is exactly what the crowd does. Listen to how they respond, what they actually do when Jesus comes. Look at verses 8 through 9. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches. And then we keep reading. Then verse 9, the crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, again, hear it again, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. First I want you to note the crowd. There's a difference between, if you look at verse uh, chapter 20 in your Bibles, in verse 29, uh, after Jesus... Uh, uh, after Jesus ministers there he's on his way verse 29 as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho a large crowd followed him and then he opens the eyes of two blind men so on his way to Jerusalem a large crowd is following him but now in 21:8 it's called a very large crowd those are not accidental uh, no gospel writer just throws around words willy-nilly what we have is is that as Jesus is coming out of, uh, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. I can barely contain myself. Uh, as Jesus is coming out of him, out of there, we see a, a record of miracles. He's just opened the eyes of the blind and these blind people are now following him. He did this publicly. This isn't a secret one. He opened the eyes of the blind and they follow him and people are enthusiastic that these guys are, he's opening the eyes of the blind. There's messianic expectation Also, we know this, we don't, I don't like to borrow too much from other gospel writers when we're in one, but we also know from the book of John that this is just a few days ago. He has just raised Lazarus from the dead and people so and this was and when he raised Lazarus from the dead he did so really close to Jerusalem so everybody heard about it and and we actually hear in the book of John that as Jesus is approaching on the triumphal entry there are crowds that are still stoked they are having a three or four day hangover of enthusiasm because Jesus rose raised somebody from the dead who'd been dead four days, and Jesus all he did to do it was he didn't say hook He didn't he didn't do all the things, and he, the guy didn't come out like almost, you know, like oh he's he's mostly dead. He came, he came, Jesus just he said, roll the stone away, and then he said, Lazarus, get out here. And the and Lazarus comes boom, bump, bump, boom, bump, bump, hopping in his grave clothes in the end of time, and Bob's your uncle, Lazarus is all all happy. All of this is happening, blind eyes are opening, people are ecstatic, they are following him with enthusiasm. And then in Jerusalem, they hear that he's coming. And here's the deal: it's Passover now. Depending on on your historian, they might say that that uh, Jerusalem was typically might have been uh, about fifty thousand people in just in the city limits there, in the in the in the uh, in the walls. It could have been more than that at this time in first century uh, Palestine. Jerusalem was a world class city. All those movies that you see where they, everybody looks like they live in the like the Flintstones, that's not true. <coughs> Jerusalem would have been a world-class city at this time. It had a world-class temple. It was big. It was beautiful. It was robust. It was it was very cosmopolitan. Okay, and uh, so that it could have been as little as fifty thousand people that were originally there. But here's the deal: when Passover, here's what I've I've read uh, conservatively that it would have it would have. It would have been 10 times that. At Passover, there would have been 500,000 people there. I've read one estimate based on the amount of lambs that were, that, that there were in a census that were recorded. I heard I one very, very good historian that said that Jerusalem in the immediate area could have had 2.5 million people. So you've got this crowd coming this way with Jesus, white hot watching incredible miracles and then you have a crowd hearing about these miracles at Passover anticipating something great and there's a crowd that's going crazy and these two crowds come together with Jesus riding on a colt. (laughs) They're following Jesus and and Matthew says in verse 10, which we didn't read today, in Matthew says in verse 10, I think in your NIV it says, and the whole city was stirred. That's cute. Matthew uses a word to describe what was happening. He used, there's two other times at least that we see that word in the New Testament. Matthew uses it again when he talks about the crucifixion of Christ, when he said that there was a great earthquake and the rocks split and the righteous came out of the graves. That's the word for stirred and then we see it again in the apocalypse in the book of revelation when it when it talks about massive earthquakes that cause the whole earth to shake this is the language that Matthew's actually using he is saying that there was such commotion it was it was like an earthquake of people gathered around jesus so we would we might say it was it was shaken not stirred What was the crowd? If you, my wife thought that was funny. Uh, 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 What was the crowd doing? Here's the part. Now, that was the buildup. Here's the, the, the climax. The crowd is shouting three... Specific, powerful statements. They're crowding. They're shouting, "Hosanna to the Son of David!" Hosanna. We've already said it means save now, bless now. Hosanna. By the time these crowds are doing it, they're quoting scripture. But Hosanna originally was originally, in, in, if it would, in Psalms, it would have been it would have just been a cry for help. It would have been a cry. It would have been an intercession, and it still was. But by the time of Jesus, that cry for help was in a sense repackaged as a voice of praise or or with a voice of praise. So Hosanna is a cry for help, but it is said with a voice of praise. So it is a voice of confident, absolute confident expression that help is on the way. It is praise in absolute anticipation of victory. So they're saying, Lord, save us. Lord, bless us. And they're saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They're talking to Jesus. Hos- save now, bless now, son of David. They're saying, you're the Messiah. They are praising Jesus as the Messiah. Then they say about him, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is further praise to Jesus. They are praising Jesus as the one who is coming in the very name of God to enact and to accomplish the purposes of God. And then they said again, Hosanna in the highest. Meaning let the praise that is to Jesus, not only let it go all the way to the highest heavens, but let the heavens themselves be filled with praise because of Jesus. Yes. Palm Sunday is still praiseworthy. Now on that day, they praised Jesus. They praised Jesus, and He came. And many people—I think far too many people—teachers, uh, Bible teachers, commentators, uh, historians—they almost get a kick out of dismissing the crowd, dismissing their 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 enthusiasm that day, because technically that crowd probably had misplaced hopes, technically. They hoped that Jesus would come and overthrow Rome. They were hoping for a reenactment of the Maccabean Revolt. So, historians say, well, that's not why Jesus came. These people are all wrong. So they dismiss, listen, they dismiss their praise. But what what do we see in the text? Jesus did not dismiss their praise. Jesus Incited it. He uh, he could have come in. He could have he could have gone around. <laughs> he could have gone around the back. Of, of the city and snuck in the back. But he said, you know what? We're almost there. You guys need to go get me a couple of donkeys because we've got to make an impression. We've got to make a statement. Everybody has to know what's about to happen here. He didn't dismiss their praise. He incited it. He welcomed it. And we know in other gospel passages that we aren't reading today because they're not, they're not in Matthew, that Jesus, that when, they, when, the, when the Pharisees and others came out and said, you've got to get these people to sh- quiet it down. Because why? First of all, they were offended. And secondly, they were terribly worried that Rome was going to come and take, you know, not, put up with this nonsense Jesus said it's hopeless you can't quiet these down if these were quiet the very rocks themselves would crowd and he didn't necessarily mean the little rocks on the ground he meant the 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 mountains surrounding Jerusalem that had that were witnesses of, of 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 generations of anticipation of Messiah that they knew that the creation itself was aware of what he was doing he said what is so important can't be silenced So Jesus didn't dismiss their praise, he incited it. And on Palm Sunday today, Jesus certainly won't dismiss ours. Jesus will welcome our praise, and just like he responded to theirs, Jesus will respond to our praise today as well. Jesus will respond to your Hosanna. You see, Jesus was coming to save them. And he was coming to save the whole of humanity. The greatest struggle for the future of humankind was about to happen. Had Jesus merely overthrown Rome, nothing would have changed for humanity. So Jesus didn't disappoint. He over-delivered. he over delivered. If Jesus had only come and overthrown Rome, listen, friends, you and I would still be under the real tyranny of the devil. We would be prisoners of sin, and we would still be destined for wrath. But Jesus did not, when he was coming in on those donkeys, he did not have Rome in his sights. He had a larger foe and a more ancient enemy in mind. He came to save His people from their sins, Matthew one twenty one, and John tells us He came to destroy the works of the devil, 1 John three eight, and that's why you and I can still shout, Hosanna, Jesus saves. Consider how the Apostle Paul describes Christ's saving work. Let me just read a few passages of Scripture. As the New Testament reflects on, the, on the, what, what Palm Sunday anticipates, the Apostle Paul reflects upon as having already been done. Listen to this. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Later in Colossians chapter 2, Paul says, When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and, and, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He not only defeated the power of sin, he made made a public spectacle of the spiritual forces aligned against you. He humiliated and emptied the devil of his power because of what he was about to do. See, no wonder why he said, come on, let the praises rise. There's not a more appropriate time. Again, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, has blessed us. Save us, bless us. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. There is nothing too hard. There is nothing too great for the Lord. His saving power is still at work. Paul says, What shall we say to these things? Romans chapter 8. What shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or corona or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, not in, whether it's virus or economy or challenges, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers nor any height nor any depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He has triumphed overwhelmingly. Hosanna, Jesus saves. Listen, friends, I'm going to ask my wife to come and join us now as we get our communion ready. For everyone who is a candidate for his saving power today. For everyone who is a candidate for his blessing. To everyone with a Hosanna, Jesus saves. As we share in communion this morning, I want you to lift up your cry for help with a voice of praise. Because Jesus saves. Hosanna in the highest. Yeah. Ooh, man. So getting your communion emblems ready, everybody. And maybe you're not quite ready. Maybe you join us late and you think, oh, no, I'm not ready. It doesn't matter. Anything that you can do with faith today can become a spiritual symbol of uh, of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. Honestly, don't worry. Think, well, I have a Ritz cracker and a cup of water. It's not there's nothing magic. this is a faith. Let the Holy Spirit come and make the victorious sacrifice of Christ real and powerful in our lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he did he took bread and he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Today, Lord, we recognize Mm. that you came as a conquering king, but you came in peace to destroy the weapons of war. You came for those of us who are prisoners of hope
1: Mm. in
0: order to save and restore.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That your body was broken for our wholeness and our restoration. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I love that. I love that that we are locked in hope, that we are prisoners of hope. Lord, we just thank you for everything that it means for us. What you did, Father, for full healing of a physical healing. In fact, today, right now, yeah. if you have a, a physical healing that you need in your body, mm-hmm. I just encourage you to lay your hand on whatever that part might be. And if you're if you're with your family, have your family members lay their hands on 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 that part of your body. That needs healing. I believe mm-hmm. this morning that headaches are being healed, yeah. that digestion and stomach issues are healed, and and chronic neck pain is mm-hmm. being healed right now. We thank you, Father.
0: Yeah, for pains that have settled into joints mm-hmm. you can't seem to shake, for uh, for bodies that have picked up uh, and carried anxiety because of this season, mm-hmm. and uh, your body's starting to act out, which it does. We just mm-hmm. pray now for peace, peace, peace in your bodies. Yes. Migraines and mm. and 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 stuff, the, and people that are struggling. Literally, in Jesus' name, people that are struggling with flu-like symptoms That's and right. you are afraid of what it might be. Don't be afraid. No, we pray for you now, in the name of Jesus, and we say, Hosanna! May the Lord save you and bless you right now. Yes. Right now,
1: yes.
0: bring healing, Lord, and peace.
1: Hallelujah. Let's take that together. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.
0: On that same night that He was betrayed after supper, Jesus took the cup in like manner, and He said, "This cup is the new covenant in My blood, poured out as a ransom for many. This is the ransom. This is the covenant, the blood covenant. This is the blood of Jesus that was shed." So that you, we we read, I read it, I think, at least three times today. In Colossians and Ephesians he says because of his blood in his blood we have we have a, we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin you say it often I think I say it often but I maybe not often enough it's important for you to hear the difference there mm-hmm. the difference between redemption and forgiveness mm-hmm. uh, they're not you you aren't forgiven for, to forgive means to be cut off and sent away. Your sins have been forgiven. Your sins are cut off, forgotten, and sent away. But you have been redeemed. You have been brought near. Uh It's the blood of his son that has rescued you, delivered you from the kingdom of darkness. And brought you over into the kingdom of the Son of His love. It is the blood of Jesus that takes the record of your sin. That Paul was referring to a legal document that says, Here's all the things that you've done wrong. And this document was... was an indictment against you, and it was an illegal indictment against you, and it served as the record of your crimes. But Paul said he took that thing, and first of all, he hes it was—it's literally the blood of Jesus smears it and erases the record, and then takes that whole document and he—and he—and he obliterated it is the is the most strong Greek there by nailing it to the cross. Mm-hmm. And because he did that, he disarmed the 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 rulers and the principalities no longer have a right to your life That's because it. your sin has been canceled. So their right, their their authority there is broken. He's disarmed them. So the mm-hmm. blood of Jesus I mean, yeah. is your forgiveness mm-hmm. for your sin, your redemption, and the power that broke it's, it it breaks the power of sin and evil and of principalities and everything else. Yeah. It just delivers you. It's salvation. It is redemption. It is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It is deliverance. Thank you. Today, if you're watching and uh, you just popped in and you're not sure where you are on your faith journey, you're not sure if you, if you know Christ as your savior, there is not a secret code. Mm-hmm. There isn't a, a, a secret access, you know, or a limited members only thing. Today if you will say Jesus, if you can imagine yourself like one of those people in the crowd and just say Jesus, save me, yes. Son of David, Messiah, Jesus Christ, save okay. me, and listen, just like the Bible says, save me now, yes. right now. Yes. Come yes. in, forgive me of my sin, deliver me, yes. deliver me from the from the you know the torment of my own fears and insecurities yes. and stuff. Would you be my Savior? Yes. Be my Heavenly Father? And right now as you pray that, we pray the Holy yes. Spirit would come and fill you right now. Mm-hmm. That, that salvation is His, His promise to, to give you His Spirit without measure, to fill you with His Spirit and to drive out. His Spirit will come in and fill you and displace fear and displace darkness and displace bondage. The Holy Spirit comes to fill you right now, to touch you with His power. Yes. And we believe right now that even as He does, there will be a sign, there will be evidences of His presence and power in your life. Lord Jesus, come and save and yes. pour out your spirit upon your people, we yes. pray. Hosanna. Thank you, Father. Let's receive. Now.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Sweetheart, why don't you pray for us?
1: Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you so much. Thank you so much that we get to participate in the blessing from you. Lord, thank you that, that we have such opportunity to say, Hosanna, save now, even now in this day, and that we can rejoice that we are prisoners of hope and Mm. that we can share your hope with the world and lord i just pray today that this message and this sweet time around communion Lord, that that hope is is shaken not stirred but stirring hope and shaking that we are a shaken people on this planet ready to give others your hope Mm. lord and we just thank you that we have it for ourselves and for our families Mm -hmm. thank you father
0: we love you guys and we look forward to uh, spending passion week together uh Today, have a great Palm Sunday. Do something fun. Shout a little bit louder. Do something a little bit more silly. Go, I don't know, go clang a pot on your porch and just yell Hosanna. All right? We love you guys. We bless you in Jesus' name. We're going to sign off. Bye.